You are listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Scott Lunn. Well, good morning, everyone, and thanks uh, for joining us for our South Niagara Conversation Series. For those of you who are tuning in from afar, we represent the communities of Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Port Coburn, Waynefleet, Welland, and Pelham. That's South Niagara, located in southern Ontario, a wonderful place to live, work, and play. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well, Dolores. Thank you. Looking forward to the conversation today. How are you? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's kind of a miserable day out there, but it's it's Friday, so I'll take it. Take it. All good. Yeah. I uh, want to give a shout out to our tech sponsor, Brian LaChapelle from B4 Networks. Uh, Brian and his team make us sound so good. And if you have any technical needs, uh, these are the guys you want to see. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you, Dolores. Great. So this morning, we're going to be looking at the local world of sports. We're going to be talking baseball, basketball, and hockey. Good Lord, it sounds like uh, my house when my husband has the remote in the death grip, which is almost all the time. Um, We're going to learn about the local franchise's challenges this past year and what they've planned, what they have planned for the fans this coming season. Scott, I think this is going to be your baby this morning, so let's get to it. Who do we have joining us? Thanks, Dolores. Uh, This morning, we are fortunate to have uh, Michelle Biscott, Director of Operations for the Niagara River Lions. Joey Burke, who's the general manager for the Niagara Ice Dogs, and Ryan Harrison, CEO of the Welland Jackfish. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. We think of sports, you know, certainly as fans, as, as entertainment. And uh, you, you can get away and enjoy it or, or watch it on TV and enjoy it or listen to it on the radio. Uh, but for some leagues, locally especially, um, sometimes that hasn't happened because of the pandemic. Sometimes there's been attempts or variations. It's been tough. So, well, Michelle, we'll start with you because, you, you you know, the CEBL did play. The River Lions did play, um, but it was in a bubble. It was different. It was without fans. Um, and how, I mean, there's still financial implications, of course, with all of that because even though, yes, you you are up and running, it's not, it's not the same. So maybe just give us a quick summary of what uh, playing through a pandemic was like. Yeah, we were really fortunate to have played um, just, you know, looking at the jackfish and the ice dogs. And I can't imagine being this long without getting to play the sport that we all love. So we, uh, as you mentioned, we played a tournament here in St. Catharines. We actually were the host city, um, mainly because our league office is um, also located in Niagara. So we just have the, the people here to be able to pull it off. And right up until the day that we did tip off playing, we didn't know if we were going to be able to pull it off. It was every day was a challenge. Um, You know, it was adapting. It was learning on the fly. None of us have been through this. So in terms of all the protocols we were following, things were changing daily. And it was just a matter of adapting and, and learning as we go. And, you know, all hands on deck. We had all the league staff from across Canada flew in and they lived here for a month and definitely wasn't easy, but very rewarding to be able to be one of the, well, the only league to return to play at that time. So we were happy to pave the way. And, um, you know, this summer going into it as well, it's going to be different for us. And we're again, happy to play. We miss fans. That's, you know, that's what makes game days fun is the atmosphere and the entertainment factor and 
Uh, it's definitely not the same, but I don't take for granted the fact that we were able to play. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, just quickly before before we go to the other sports, um, how did you do, I mean, the testing must have been the biggest challenge and accommodations, I would think, right? Yeah, so we kind of were in this like sweet spot of the time of year because the tournament started um, end of July or mid to end of July. So at that point, things were starting to reopen. Um, things were starting to get back to normal in Niagara. And then the tournament ended mid August before again, things, you know, that second wave came in. So the timing for us, we kind of just squeaked it out. Um, we were following Niagara health guidelines, um, as people will call it a bubble, what we did, but it wasn't necessarily a bubble because, um, our players and our staff and everyone could come and go as they wanted, uh, just like you would at any other workplace. Uh, we obviously had restrictions in place. You know, we told our players that they couldn't do indoor dining. It was patio only. Um, we had safe zones. So essentially the venue, the practice facility and the hotel were our safe zones where no outside people could come in. Only people, those who, only people associated with the summer series and those who had been tested and doing the daily screenings, um, those were the ones that were allowed to be in those safe zones. But outside of that, we did testing at the start, which was about 250 people all in. And then um, there was an opportunity, that was the only mandatory test. And then throughout the three, four weeks, there was options for anyone else who didn't feel comfortable or just wanted the peace of mind of getting tested, they could do that as well. Okay, great. Okay. Well, I'm a big undertaking for sure, but it was good to, good to see it happen. Ryan, uh, not quite the same uh, in the baseball world, uh, and you, you've signed a, a new lease to, to stay in Welland, which is great, and it's, I see you're signing lots of players, trying to get ready, and it looks like it's going to be a go, What's the? but still, I can't imagine the pressure and the loss to suffer with, with missing an entire season. Yeah, so the, the worst part about us missing an entire season is we are new. I mean, we've only been around for a year, so the mass majority of people in the region probably still haven't heard of us, uh, if I'm going to be candid about it. Our league's been around for over a hundred years. You know, it's, it's played through world wars. It's played through the last pandemic. Um, unfortunately not this one. So the, the, that was the biggest thing is just keeping the brand recognition out there. And that's why last summer we did events that weren't baseball specific. Um, we did a cornhole tournament, we did yoga in the park. That's where we kind of benefit with our stadium is we can, the city has allowed us to do those type of things. Um, coming into 2021, we're very confident now um, that we're going to be able to play with a small amount of fans come July. Um, we have uh, we hired a um, a doctor to help us out with a return to play plan. He's also the, he's the same uh, uh, doctor that helped the return to play plan for Hockey Canada uh, and the OHF and um, the NHLPA uh, as a consultant. So. He's very confident that we'll be able to do that. Now in phase two, sports leagues can open uh, to start play. Um, other things that can open are, you know, amusement parks, water parks, entertainment venues. Uh, capacity limits have not been set as of right now, but we are being told in the next uh, seven to 10 days that those, that information will come out. Again, with us, since we're a low, pretty low budget team, we don't need a ton of fans. Um, you know, I know there's been talks of the CFL needing, you know, yeah, thousands we need hundreds so it's it's kind of apples and oranges with us um but we're just hopeful that we can get back out here i know i told our uh, baseball operations guys that this isn't really a wins or loss season it's more of let's just get out there and entertain the fans because that's what our premise here for the jackfish is it's all entertainment not so much the game itself um because you know although our, our talent pool is is very good 
it's not the best baseball um, in the area. I mean, you have the Jays and you have the Bisons across the, the, the water. So our main objective is to be more entertaining than those two, uh, you know, entities. So uh, we're very hopeful and we'll see how it goes. And, uh, you know, mark your calendar for July 8th because uh, that's the tentative home opener for the Jackfish. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if nobody, if, if there's people out there that have never been to an inter-county baseball uh, game, it is, it's, it is, as you said, entertainment. It's fun. It's a great introduction for kids to enjoy baseball. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great. It's up close and personal. And uh, I think small park baseball, you know, when you, you're up on top of things is, uh, it is a, it's a blast for sure. So fingers crossed. Um, and we move over to the, uh, to the ice rink now, uh, Joey, uh, you know, and, and it must be a bit weird being part of the CHL and as the OHL and other leagues made attempts, some of them worked, some of them didn't. It's kind of, I'm still not 100% certain what happened uh, east and west. Um, but, you know, your gate-driven league, um, merch, all that stuff, I mean, it's got to be a blow when, when the season doesn't go at all. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. It's uh, really been devastating on on every level for us. And uh, and at the end of the day, it's, you know, our number one concern, obviously, it lies with the players. And, you know, a lost year of development for these guys is not something anybody wanted to have happen to us. And then, unfortunately, I really believe you kind of hit the nail on the head there that what made it even more discouraging was to look around not only the country, but the world and see every other major junior league of our caliber or higher return to play and get back on the ice and even worse, you know, to obviously see the Quebec league and the Western league be able to put something together. And, and, you know, we just weren't able to get there. And, and unfortunately it's really at one point, we came as close as being 90 minutes away uh, from getting the necessary government approvals uh, and having everything lined up and, and ready to go. And unfortunately, it was we had to put it on hold. The numbers kind of spiked again. Uh, you know, the lockdowns were, were put in place. And unfortunately, we were never able to, to get it back. So, I mean, it really, you know, has been a, a devastating stretch on every level for us. Um, but primarily, you know, my heart goes out to the players. Um, you know, it's incredibly discouraged in that way. And then certainly financially, um, you know, it is absolutely been devastating. And it's really, as you said, we're a gate driven league. Um, you know, our expenses haven't stopped. Our payables haven't stopped, um, you know, and, and nothing's coming in. So, I mean, it really, you know, it has been a very, very difficult stretch for us that way. While on the other side of things, uh, you know, we couldn't be more excited now about the promise and the optimism moving forward. Uh, and it's really, we're at a point now where there's not a doubt in our mind, uh, we're going to return to play come October, um, you know, potentially with fans in the stands right out of the gate. Um, you know, everything really is trending in such a great direction for us that way that while it certainly has been a, a nightmarish kind of 15 months for us all, it's uh, we can certainly finally see that light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Absolutely. Well, I, I wonder, um, What's been happening with the athletes all this time? Like, have they been able to continue to, to, to train, to practice, to like, what have they been doing? Yeah. So, I mean, you know what, it's really been incredibly difficult for these guys. So specifically with the hockey players, the rinks are closed. So, I mean, it's, it's very difficult for them to find ice anywhere. And I mean, it's really, I give a ton of credit to our entire group of players because these guys during the, the stay at home orders, They've all made makeshift, you know, gym scenarios in their garages. They're doing absolutely everything they can to come back in the best shapes of their lives. But I mean, it's really, you know, it's such a nightmare of a situation for these guys that it's, they can't get on the ice. They can't get together as a group. Everything. 
hockey's about really has been taken away from these guys. So I, it's been incredibly difficult and just for them that way. Well, at the same time, you know, these guys are resourceful and, and they're dedicated and they've been working hard at it. Uh, you know, and they can't wait to get going again for sure. Yeah. And, and Michelle and Ryan, what about your players? How have they been? What have they been doing? Most of our players, they play in other leagues during our off season. So once our summer series ended last summer, majority of them went to Europe to play. So just as we know, every country is different right now. So some of them have been, you know, playing without a problem. Other, others have been in countries that are still have, they're playing, but they have curfews, they have lockdowns, they're following other things. So, um, Luckily, most of our players have still been able to play, but just as Joey mentioned, it's all about getting creative. They're all, you know, home workouts and and what they can do with the equipment that they have or sourcing equipment. So, um, yeah, it's been a struggle. I think it's all about adapting and, and getting creative. But we've our, a lot of our players have been fortunate enough to continue to, to play and train. Yeah, our players. So we our league's a little a little bit different. So we got a mixture of three kind of groups. We got guys that are locals who probably really haven't been able to train because you know if you've been in lockdown in Ontario recently, you know kind of there's nowhere to go train. I know there's a few guys that have been doing uh, throwing pens and stuff like that uh, when they can get together with somebody. Um, but other than that, we have NCAA uh, eligible players, so they're playing or just finishing up their seasons now. Um, so there's a bunch of guys down in the States that are playing currently, but then we also have imports, uh, from, you know, places like Dominican, Cuba, all over the place. And they've been able to play in their kind of, well, they call it their winter season, but you know, um, it's, uh, it's, you know, whatever they, their, their Dominican league is, whatever out there, they play in those leagues. So the guys have been able to play. It's just, I feel for the local guys who are kind of our bread and butter because, um, they're always kind of around season after season and, and, you know, people get to know these guys. Um, unfortunately, they haven't really been able to uh, to do that um, kind of thing. So I hope in the next little while when things start to open up, we can get the groups of 10 and start doing live BP here. But uh, yeah, we're going to have to, you know, with our season possibly coming up in July 8th, we're going to have to put a lot of work to get these guys in the game shape uh, in a short period of time. Yeah. You know, you're all looking at players and deal with players, as you mentioned, who are not all in this country either. Um and there's got to be some fancy footwork going on to, uh, to get get across borders and, and, and how long did they quarantine and, and all that. And uh, and I know, uh, Joe, you're getting ready for a draft and probably looking at American kids and, and European part of the Euro uh, set up as well. So we'll start with you. How, how does all that work? Yeah, well, you know what? It's uh, It's been a unique year that way for sure. And it's been challenging. Um, so first and foremost, I'll just mention quick. Um, so we obviously have two European players and two American players on our current roster. Uh, so what really became difficult for these guys, especially for the two Americans, is that because of the way the lead transfers work, they weren't able to play anywhere in the States, but obviously we were never able to get going. So I really feel even more for these American guys where it's all their buddies in, in New York and in Illinois are all playing, uh, you know, and these guys were sitting at home kind of waiting to get the call for the OHL that, that never came, unfortunately. So it's been challenging for them that way. And then certainly shifting to the draft, it's a very, very unique year that way. Um, so, I mean, obviously from the Canadian player perspective, it's been incredibly challenging. Um, you know, there's not a ton to go on this year. There's been no league play at all, you know, so really at the end of the day, you're going on the, the 20 showcase events. You've been able to scout in person of these guys. And then really just a, an incredibly complex 
kind of database of videos, so to speak, on them, which obviously in a, in a traditional year is never the way you would want to approach a draft. Uh, well, at the same time, we absolutely feel incredibly comfortable and, and confident with the depth of the group, uh, you know, and how prepared we are going into things next week. Uh, so we feel very good that way, but it's absolutely been a challenge. And I mean, you know, the, the biggest part of, of my role really is I pride myself on the recruitment and, and you know, uh, getting the guys to Niagara and to the Meridian Center, showing them the atmosphere, you know, really giving them a feel of what Niagara sports is about and, and you know, how proud we are of being a part of this community and how passionate the fans are and just everything of that nature. So, I mean, it's really, it's unfortunate that that's been taken away from us uh, this year as well. But then the, the other side is, with the American players, they've all been able to have seasons. So, you know, traditionally, obviously, I would be in New York, in Michigan, you know, all over the place all year. Uh, whereas this year, we can't physically get there in person, obviously. Uh, but at the same time, we've been fortunate that these American uh, players have all basically had their full seasons. Uh, we've got an unbelievable collection of video on, on all these guys. So we really, we feel very confident that way. And then again, it's been a bit of an issue uh, in terms of recruitment with outside of Ontario players this year, just because of the uncertainty of everything. And, and it seems, you know, certainly south of the border, they've returned to normal a little bit quicker than we have here. So there's definitely a, a level of anxiety for these non-Ontario, non-Canadian players. Uh, but at the same time, we've got a great response from, uh, from the American guys that we're interested in. Uh, and we feel very confident, you know, heading into the draft and then certainly getting back on track and, and getting back to normal here. And, and just quickly, Joey, would you, would you Zoom with some of these kids? Because, I mean, you want to get a feel for what their personalities are and who they are. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So the interview process is, is a huge part of, of how we go through our draft and, and want to get things set up and ranked and, and that sort of thing. So absolutely it is. And it's really, you know, for, for a concept that, that was pretty foreign to me about 15, 16 months ago with the Zoom and the video calls. I mean, I've always been, you know, I much more prefer an in-person meeting, uh, you know, and meeting someone face to face and, and really be able to show them what we're all about and, and that sort of thing. But certainly, you know, the, the next best thing, uh, unfortunately, has, has had to turn into the Zoom, but uh, I've almost, you know, become very adept at it. And, and you know, I'm doing them seemingly every day uh, as we approach the draft here. So it's, uh, you know, you really can get a good feel for the guys through the Zoom call. And, and while nothing can really ever replace the face-to-face -face meetings, uh, it certainly is the next best thing for us. Okay. How do you, Michelle, is it uh, a similar situation trying to get the, uh, the team back together and in, in all in one spot? Yeah, so we're one of the things that really works in favor for the CBL is um, the majority of our roster. So 70% are Canadian players. So with such a small, you know, 12 players on a basketball team, you're looking at three, four Americans coming in. So, um, you know, last summer when we had our summer series, I think we had a total of 20 Americans across the league that we had to, to get here. And we we booked their flights and they were at the airport and we honestly didn't know until they were at Pearson Airport whether they were going to be able to get here. It was we were all sitting on edge that day. They were all coming in and as soon as the first one got past customs, we were like, okay, hopefully the rest do. And all 20 did. Uh, they obviously had to follow at, like protocols like everyone else. They had to do the two week quarantine. Um, and the same with this year. We actually our Americans will arrive on Monday. So they'll fly into Buffalo, uh, they'll come across the border and they also have to complete the two week quarantine. So we, you know, we're trying, it's no one wants to do that, but uh, we're trying to make it as comfortable as possible for them. They'll be in an Airbnb, uh, set it up with everything that they need ahead of time. And 
we only have three this year coming in. So again, it's, it makes it really manageable and the rest being Canadian. But uh, the, the struggle is, is that, as I mentioned, a lot of our players are overseas right now. So they'll return back from Europe, but they'll also have to do that two week quarantine as well. Uh, but they'll do it at home. Uh, most of our players in the GTA area. So they'll complete it at home and then they'll come here for the season to live here. Oh, lots of organization going on. Um, and, and Ryan, I mean, you, as you mentioned, you've got players all over the place, uh, winter leagues and, and certainly in the U.S. And uh, how are you going to get all those? And your, your time is coming close. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so much like Michelle, our league is actually uh, is 95 percent Canadian. Um, we're only allowed four imports per team. Um, you know, two of our imports are from Dominican Republic. The other two are from the United States, actually uh, just in Buffalo. Uh, area so we're still working on that uh, aspect of bringing them in if we don't have imports it's not I mean it's there's some of some of our more elite players uh, traditionally Uh, if you're going to spend the money to you know bring an import in they you know obviously going to be one of some of your better players so that will be unfortunate to miss that kind of piece Um, but to do a full Canadian league um, we're not shy away from doing that either we actually uh, sent our entire uh, baseball operations staff out west and out east uh, last off season to uh, you know get our our foot in the door with with uh, you know groups out there. So we've actually brought in quite a few guys from Western Canada and Eastern Canada to actually stay in Welland for the whole year. Um, we're actually bringing somebody in from Quebec um, um, just before the season. So we can do that. That's not an issue. Again, at the end of the day, like I said before, it's a, not a wins or losses season. It's get a product on the field and what we lack in talent pool will, you know, bring up tenfold entertainment. Um, so when people come to our park, they're going to get a show um, above and beyond what's on the field. So we're pretty excited about that uh, thing, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tough trying to get guys in. Cause again, I think, uh, you know, compared to, uh, you know, Michelle, they're a professional league. We're not professional. We're deemed amateur status. Um, because we have NCAA Division One players, uh, we cannot be deemed a professional league because that hurts their status um, for their schools. So um, that's kind of where we have a little bit of a downfall uh, on that aspect. But, um, you know, it is what it is, and we're, we're working through it. Yeah, Ryan, you talk about, you know, the entertainment value for the fans. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the venue itself. I mean, the Welland Baseball Stadium – I'm old, so I remember when it was built, but it was state-of-the-art, and it's, it's spectacular. Um, maybe maybe fill in our, our listeners on, on what that venue is like, because yeah. it's pretty great. Well, it's funny. I always tell this story. When we first walked in in 2018, I'll never forget the, uh, the, the watchman for the facility walked in, he go, and he says to me, he goes, you know, don't mind our old building. And I walked in, I said, old? I mean, this place looks, I mean, amazing, except for a few, you know, few 30 year old wear and tears here and there. It was, it was great. Um, we've done a lot of work over the last year and a bit uh, to do some, you know, a little TLC in here, uh, entire new paint job. Um, we installed a new MLB quality uh, padding to uh, a bunch of the facility. We actually added a new VIPs uh, section over on the third base line uh, with four half moon tables and high tops. Uh, it's going to be an all you can eat section, uh, for, for, you know, companies or anybody that wants to purchase that area. So we're building those aspects up. Um, and we're, you know, we're combining with partners. I mean, we just signed a deal with our, uh, a local brewer, 
who's going to uh, create a um, craft beer zone over on our third base line. So there's going to be a tent there and uh, all craft breweries and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if anybody's been watching our social media, we actually just got this, this uh, thing called the beer bat, which is actually a plastic bat uh, that fills with 26 ounces of ice cold beer. Um, so we're super excited to, uh, to show those off. They're pretty popular in the States. So uh, we'll be the first in Canada to have them, uh, which is kind of fun for us. But no, I mean, the stadium lends itself to some kind of unique things. You know, our players have to walk from our clubhouse down the stairs through the fans to get to the field. So you're you're literally an arm's length away from our players at all time. You know, in a normal year on a Saturday after the game, we set up tables in the concourse and, you know, the fans come through and get autographs and all that kind of stuff. Photos of the players kind of big. Um and then, you know, we are, just the normal stuff. We do kids stuff on uh, Saturdays. We have Bouncy Castles, Face Painters, Superheroes running around, all that kind of fun stuff. And then our, uh, our now somewhat well and famous Thirsty Thursdays, so $3 beer night on Thursday nights. Um, we get a little bit of a different demographic there. Not so much kids, obviously, but um, yeah. it's, it's a good night out. We have live music going on. And it's, it's honestly what I equate it to is it's – we play 18 games. So it's 18 mini parties that we, that we plan. Um, so we plan 18 parties per year. Uh, and, and it's almost like a circus atmosphere that we try to portray with our games. Uh, we have crazy things going on in the field. Uh, you know, 2019, we had inflatable dinosaurs running around the field and racing each other. So that's the kind of stuff that we're trying to do here. Um, that's a little bit different than maybe, you know, other sports teams. Uh, we, we focus on more, which, given you know ice dogs you guys have amazing players and great talent pool same with uh the river lions you know with some of the people that you're signing we don't necessarily have that so we uh we got some guys that are that are pretty good that have some mlb experience from time to time but for the most part we need to entertain above and beyond than what's on the field and i think certainly as we come out of this crazy year and a half or however long it's been um, people are going to be so hungry for those kinds of experiences, especially in a safe outdoor um, place. Um, so and, and, that's, and that's where we benefit a little bit too, is we're outside. So yeah. um, it's open air. There's no, besides, besides going into the washroom, there's no point of view at our park where you're not outside. Um, so it, it, that, that benefits us. And hopefully it does when July rolls around and they, they see that and uh, we can get going. Yeah. Now, Michelle and, and Joey, you guys play in a, a first-class facility as well, uh, the Meridian Center in downtown St. Catharines. And, uh, you know, just for our listeners, tell us a little bit about that facility because it's, it's pretty spectacular as well. Yeah, I mean, boy, uh, is it ever spectacular. And again, it's really, from our end, it has almost become arguably the biggest recruiting tool we have for these young players. And, I mean, it's unbelievable – the difference in from when we were playing at the Jack Gatecliff to when you would bring a recruit into that arena compared to when you bring a recruit into the Meridian Center, it's night and day. I mean, it's before we moved, you would have to sell them on, you know, boy, when this place gets rocking and I promise you the fans feel like they're on top of you and you'll love it here and it's a great place to play and you can kind of see them rolling their eyes and, and that sort of thing. And then now that we moved into the, the spectacular Meridian Center, it really is we walk these guys in and they're wide eyed and, and open jawed and just can't believe that this is the facility that they could potentially be playing in next year. So, I mean, it really is, you know, we're incredibly lucky that way. Uh, the setup we have, um, you know, in-house is, is absolutely tremendous. 
And then obviously, you know, the community support is, is second to none. And I mean, the, the way that the River Lions and, and ourselves are able to pack the, the building and, and really it's unbelievable how loud it gets, how exciting the atmosphere is. And really the players feed off that, you know, it is a fun, fun building uh, to play in. It's a fun atmosphere to be in front of, um, you know, and they relish it. And, and really from our end, we couldn't be happier. And, and we consider ourselves very lucky to, uh, to be able to play there for sure. Yeah, Michelle. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And I think the Meridian Center is just such a perfect size as well. Um, you know, you go into some of the bigger venues in our league, at least uh, some of the bigger ones that have the upper bowl. And obviously that's not full. So this, you know, really allows us to to have sold out games and, and create that Im intimate atmosphere that it's big enough that you have. It's loud. There's lots going on, but it's not too big where you feel like you're so far away from the playing surface or from catching all the action up close. So I think size of the Meridian Center is so great. Um, obviously with it being so new, I know they're even, you know, making upgrades to it. I went uh, maybe a couple months ago and they put in all new lighting, which just elevates everything to be able to do stuff for entrances and halftime and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I think great facility and obviously the location as well being downtown, it really gives fans that opportunity to pre and post game, you know, check out the restaurants, the bars, everything that's happening downtown, walk over to the Meridian Center, which is, you know, just across the bridge and enjoy the games and then go, return back to downtown. So I think those things are, are really great. Yeah, I remember the first time I, um, I was at the facility, I, I was there in a box to watch, I think it was the world's women ice hockey championships. Okay. So a few years ago, and uh, it was, you know, it was really a networking event, a business event. There was a whole bunch of us that were invited and, and uh, it ended up being such a great night. There was so much energy and um, it was so much fun. I mean, we got a little bit of business done, but it really wasn't about that. It just was about watching the fans as much as it was about watching the game and uh, just such great memories um, from that night. It, it really lends itself well to, you know, the energy um, that should come from events like that. So uh, yeah, you guys are all lucky to have such uh, great venues to, uh, to play in for sure. So when we finally get back to um, playing a regular season, so hopefully soon, um, are the protocols going to change a little bit for the fans? Or, you know, is there is there is it going to be different? Is the experience going to be different for fans? Do you think? Well, I can talk for ours because ours is coming up uh, hopefully soon here. So, um, like for example, we have our own COVID nineteen readiness plan. So it's it kind of you know, captures everything that goes on from the minute you hit the uh, ticket window to go to the bathroom, to buy concessions, to sit in your seat, the whole thing. So like, for example, you have to wear a mask the entire time, unless you're seated or eating. Um, we, there's no walk-up ticket sales. It all has to be purchased online. Uh, so anybody that's like looking to on game day to come up and purchase, it won't be available. Uh, we don't want any real lineups for the most part, if we can help it. Um, and that's one way that we're kind of combating that. Now, concession stands a little bit different. We're going to have to uh, maneuver that, but we have a large enough concession stand that um, we can separate people into numerous lines and keep it safe. Again, we're outside, so um, airflow is different, but um, it will be different. Um, but you know what? It's, it's, it's going to be one of those things that I think people are just want to be out doing anything. And especially if we get going, um, 
with fans will probably be one of the only live events uh, in the Niagara region, you know, that people can actually go to uh, because most festivals have been canceled. Um, things like that, like big, big festivals. Cause I, you know, there's no way to, you know, plan a, you know, thousand upon thousand people person festival, not knowing if you've ever pulled it off. So um, I feel for the, that kind of industry too, but um, you know, that's where we might benefit is we might be the, the only show, um, you know, around for the most part. So you, do you figure you'll have um, uh, capacity um, restrictions? Because I, I think it was uh, a few weeks ago that the governor of New York said that Broadway's reopening and, and they made the statement that every seat needs to be sold. And I got to be honest, the thought of, you know, sitting next to um, <laughs> strangers and behind strangers and in front of strangers uh, right now doesn't make me feel very comfortable. Right. No, we, so we know there's going to be a capacity limit, uh, which is fine with us. We're, we're hearing right now it's going to be in a 25% range. Um, that goes hand in hand with uh, some of the other, uh, you know, outdoor non-sports venues that we're, we're hearing, but we're comfortable with anything. We spit it out, spit out a number, a number of times. We're, we're good with anything over 300 people. Um, that will allow all of our season ticket members to come through the doors and then have a few left over for uh, walk or not walk up, but pre-purchase. Um, that doesn't sound like a lot. It's not, um, it's not a lot of people. It's, uh, it, it breaks even for us, um, because we're, you know, we're going to lessen some of our other line items in our budget, but it allows any, any way we can get fans in the stands is, is great for us. Like I said before, uh, before this started, we don't have a TV contract or anything like that. So, you know, we've had people ask us, well, why don't you play without fans? And, and I always equate it to, that's like me opening up a new restaurant, throwing amazing food on the table and then not allowing anybody in to eat it. What's <laughs> the point? There's no, there's no real point uh, in doing that because, you know, even if we're on Kojiko or live streamer games, are we, you know, are we, especially we've only been around for a year. Are we really going to see the amount of eyes on our product? I don't know. Probably not. And the cost associated with doing that is probably not worth it for us. And we're all about game day. It's, it's, it's number one. Like we're never going to be, we're never going to have the TV contracts or things like that. So we got to try to keep uh, fans in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. And Michelle. Yeah. So I think in terms of the protocols for fans, that'll be more up to the Meridian Center um, in terms of what they implement. Uh, and then we'll control, you know, our players and our staff and, and what our internal protocols are. But uh, back in January, February, when we thought having fans this season would still be viable, we started to explore what a socially distanced seating map would look like. And, you know, originally going into it, I was like, okay, Meridian Center is going to say you can have 50% of fans or 25, whatever they would deem necessary, or that'd be possible. Uh, but what it actually ended up being as we were working through this socially distanced map is Ticketmaster has this new software where they take the seat measurements, like space between seats, size of seats, aisle dimensions, everything. Um, and they basically, you can have pot, we say we want 50% pods of two and 50% pods of four. Um, and basically they input all the measurements into the system and it now tells you, this is how many people you could fit in your venue based on having, you know, the, the six feet social distancing front, back, side to side. 
So it really only put us at about 25% capacity at that time. And that was, we also changed. Normally we would push our court down to one end and, and have a horseshoe kind of shape with our seating. This was 25% having the full bowl area open. So that was really surprising to see that, that that would be what we'd be restricted at. And, you know, as long as social distancing is a thing, I think even as we proceed through the summer and, and you know, people are getting their vaccinations and numbers are down, I think masks and the social distancing is going to be a thing for the foreseeable future. So as long as, as that's in, in place, we're looking at a 25% capacity. So uh, for us, we'll, we're planning our season starts now in less than 30 days. Um, and we're planning to start without fans. If into late July, August, we can have fans in, then we have to look at, you know, are the, the costs, like, we're going to have higher costs in terms of safety protocols and everything that needs to be followed and extra staff in the venue. Um, you know, is that, does it make sense for us cost wise and operationally wise at that point to have fans? So um, there's a lot to take into consideration. Of course, we would want fans in the building. That's, you know, the number one thing, but uh, we also have to to manage our budgets too. So we're prepared either way to welcome fans back in to not. And then, you know, either way for 2022, we hope that things are completely back to normal. We're playing a normal schedule with as many fans as possible and, and we can go from there. Yeah. Who knew there was such a science around it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Joey? Yeah, well, no, absolutely. And and first of all, I will say uh, I can't wait till uh, till July 8th to, to come out to the Diamond and maybe have one of those baseball bat beers and enjoy a game. So that's, uh, you know, that's very exciting to hear for sure. Uh, and then really, you know, I think Michelle said it best. It's worth the mercy a little bit of, of what the Meridian Center is going to dictate to us. Uh, we're obviously at the mercy a little bit of the provincial protocols, um, you know, so we're going to have to wait and see a little bit just what you know, we'll be allowed to do, but certainly from our end, we're going to require vaccinations, um, you know, to, to come into the games. We want to have fans. We want to get started with as many as humanly possible. Uh, so it's really, we're fortunate now that, you know, with the cancellation of things, we're afforded a couple of extra months, um, obviously compared to everyone else on the panel. So it's, you know, ideally as vaccines continue to roll out, as the numbers continue to, to go down for us, you know, our, our capacity percentage can increase. And I mean, it's really, we're getting very, very positive information from chief medical officers in, in other OHL centers, um, you know, saying that really they project 100% capacity by late October, by November. So it's from our end, we're very, very optimistic, um, you know, that we're going to have fans back in the stands. We're certainly going into it, um, you know, assuming we'll be no less than 25% to start, but really, uh, in my mind, if, if we can get uh, a bigger number, then that's just better for us. And, and really, it's again, you know, we, we can't state too adamantly at this point exactly how it will look. Um, but certainly that'll become more clear as, uh, as the months go on here. Great. Great. Well, if, we, if we've learned anything from uh, watching sports uh, in these last couple of, uh, well, last month, at least between, uh, you know, the, uh, the three sports and, and certainly golf fans, it doesn't take many, but boy, does it ever make a difference. It's uh, you know, entirely different sport with fans. <laughs> no right. kidding. I mean, it, it's so true. And, and you know, obviously, you watch the PGA Championship there, and and just the way they're rallying around Mickelson. I mean, it really it's exciting to see. You know, from my end, you watch the game in Nashville last night, and it's packed and loud, and the atmosphere is back. And I mean, it really is. It's an indication that uh, the world, you know, as a society, everyone getting there and we're getting back to normal and, and you know it's really it's unfortunate 
that where we're at and, and looking at empty buildings from, from our perspective has become the new norm, unfortunately. Uh, it's incredibly exciting, as you alluded to, to, to see that. And, and boy, to see the atmosphere and the excitement coming back is, is something we certainly can't wait to, to have here in Niagara as well. Sure. Uh, Michelle, let's talk a little bit about, now you, you are a little different in the sense that you, your games are broadcast, are they, are they not? Uh, yeah, so all of our games are on cbcsports.ca and the CBC Gem app. And then a select number of games within our league are on national television. So uh, unfortunately, ours was supposed to be in early June. And about a month ago, when we had to revise our schedule to push it back to a June 24th start, that meant that we lost our nationally televised game. Um, but the the semifinals and the finals are going to be televised, so we'll be on TV when we we make it to the finals. <laughs> is our is our mindset right now? <laughs> and, and is that is that a like I, I don't know how much you can you can let us know, but is that a rights deal? I mean, that must be helpful to the league, I guess, financially at, at least. Yeah, I don't know the ins and the outs of it um, because it is all through the league. But uh, I think at this point, it's just more about growing the game of basketball in Canada. CBC really sees that vision, the same vision that we have as a league. So they believe in our product and what we're doing and, and they try to, to do as much as possible for us. Um, they're, they're a really great partner. And yeah, I don't know the, the ins and the outs of it and how that all works, but uh, it's, you know, we have a long-term partnership with them and from even last year to this year, the number of nationally televised games has gone up. So we, we hope to see that, you know, increase over the years. And, and you've got a, uh, there's a documentary uh, scheduled for, is it tomorrow? It's soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow at 1 p.m. it'll be on CBC. And then I believe it'll replay tomorrow night right after the uh, playoff game. So hopefully we'll get some good eyeballs on the CBL. And it really is just a behind the scenes look at how we were able to pull off last summer, uh, our summer series. I'm, I haven't seen it, but I'm so excited to to kind of relive it because as much as it was a crazy, crazy month and a half, uh, I think it was one of the best experiences I've, I've had because it was just so challenging and also so rewarding. Uh, I was listening to another interview yesterday from someone else uh, who had been around for the summer series, one of our broadcasters, and she said, you know, we, we finally got to the, there was 26 games and I was at all of them. Um, and by the 26th game, the finals, it was like the, the ball went up and we just it was this big sigh of relief that we somehow made it through. Um, it was, you know, it was more of a like we wanted to celebrate that it was the championship game, but it was more of a celebration that we were able to pull this off. And it went off, you know, behind the scenes, there was some things that went on. But for the most part, everything went as smooth as it could have gone. So, uh, yeah, the documentary, I think it should be really good, um, really just give us an inside look at even, you know, I, in the, the trailer for it, it has Mike Morreale, our league commissioner, where he's on the phone and he's like, I don't think we can do this because there were those moments. It was, there was, there was moments of doubt and, you know, craziness. Like I mentioned the day the Americans were flying in, we didn't know if they'd make it past customs. It was just a, we we're going to risk it, see if it worked. And it was like one got through. Okay. Phew. Second one got through. It was like one by one. We were just checking off the list and, uh, that night we had a little bit of breathing room where we were like, okay, the Americans are here. That's a big step. So um, yeah, I, I encourage anyone to tune in. It, it should be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's amazing that, you know, uh, you were able to pull it off and it's amazing that, you know, the other two sports uh, survived long enough to come back to, to do another round. So maybe, maybe we can quickly go around the horn. We'll start with you, Ryan. 
Uh, I know there's lots of highlights. You talked about the uh, the bats, the parties, the uh, the venue, but um, you know whether it's a player or a specific event, uh, maybe uh, it's a little a little promotion before we leave today as to as to what we can expect. Yeah, this is this is uh, pretty new actually. So um, it's uh, it's currently in finalizations with the city of Welland, but uh, we've come to a partnership with the city. Uh, to install a brand new 30 foot by, I believe, 12 feet LED video board um, in left field. Um, and that is uh, tentatively to be installed before our first pitch in July, um, we hope. So uh, that's coming out, uh, which is really cool. Um, but really for us, we're, what we're looking to do here over the next well, 12 years, I guess, because we signed a 12 year lease, uh, is really just become part of the community, um, get our name out there as, as you know, you know, during the summer, you can go to a Riverlands game, you go to a Jackfish game, you don't leave Niagara, um, that kind of thing. You know, we don't want, uh, as much as I've been to the Bisons and they're awesome, we want you to come to our park before you go there and find the value in us before you, you drive over the border or, you know, hop on, hop in the car and go to Toronto. So uh, we're trying to keep everybody local and, and, you know, up here in uh, North Welland, uh, things are really growing and uh, there's a lot of new businesses coming in here and a lot surrounding the stadium. So it's going to be a really great place when things go back to normal to be able to come out for a night uh, at a Jackfish game. And uh, like Michelle said, downtown uh, St. Catharines, go out to the restaurants. You know, there's a few restaurants down the strip here that uh, people can check out and uh, have a great time. So. Yeah, we're really excited to welcome everybody back. we got a lot of plans for the season that I won't divulge uh, just yet, but, um, you know, there's uh, going to be a lot of uh, tricks up our sleeves to uh, really entertain people and, uh, and have a great year. Awesome. Well, that sounds amazing. I can't wait to, can't wait to check it out. Sure. Uh, and, uh, Joey, you're looking at some, some youngsters now. Is there any, anyone we should be keeping an eye on? What's, uh, what, are we, what can we expect coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Well, certainly ahead of the draft, um, you know, we're really looking at uh, at a multitude of guys that are going to go into it with the mindset of, you know, best player available. But certainly from our end, there's a ton to be excited about, primarily with the on-ice product. Uh, we could not be more excited about this group we're bringing back uh, in the fall here. And it's really, you know, I think people are, are really sleeping on us league-wide, so to speak, a little bit uh, in the sense that, when everything shut down, we had just traded all of our veteran players, loaded up with young guys, loaded up with draft picks, and then two weeks later, everything shut down on us. So it was really when it ended, uh, we were a very young team searching for an identity, uh, you know, trying to claw our way through uh, to get to the end of the season and, and that sort of thing. And now we're coming back as, as a more veteran team with an unbelievably deep core of young prospects coming in. So just to highlight a few very quickly, uh, we were able to select Pano Fimis uh, at second overall last year. And this kid is, I cannot wait for the Niagara fans to see this guy hit the ice. I mean, he is just a caliber of talent that we have never been able to select before. We've never picked that high in the draft. He's a guy you walk into the rink and right away your eyes just lock on him. He does things no one else can do on the ice and he's going to be an absolute treat 
for our great fans to watch. And then we've got a, a great, great roster of other guys. We're returning Daniil Gushkin, uh, a third-round pick to San Jose, who wasn't able to come over last year, obviously, due to the circumstances, but he'll be back this year. Uh, and really, you know, we we couldn't be more excited. Uh, Tucker Tynan will finally make his long-awaited return after the, the devastating injury, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, that, that he suffered. So it really is... There's a lot to, to be optimistic about. There's a lot to be excited about. Uh, and really from our end, we've got the guys ready to go. We're all anxious. We're chopping at the bit, so to speak, that we cannot wait to, to hit the ice running, so to speak, and really, um, you know, shoot out of a cannon and, and get back at it here. And again, we really feel, um, you know, that that we're, we're not being paid as much attention to uh, on a league level. And it's really going to be a lot of fun uh, to see these guys hit the ice in September for sure. Wow, that sounds great. And and Michelle, what can we expect? You're uh, you're coming up soon. So uh, what's uh, what's the hidden gems we're gonna we're gonna see from the River Lions? Yeah, so we're we're just excited to to get going. Um, we start with a road trip, four games on the road. So actually, I think Ryan, our our home openers, are set for the same day, July eighth. But <laughs> uh, we won't have any fans, so they can all come to you. There but you know. uh, yeah, we're just excited to get back on the court. I think at the end of the day, I probably can speak for Joey and Ryan as well as we're just all about community and the entertainment factor as well. So um, as much as we would love to have fans in the building, if it's not a reality this season, it's just trying to make things as entertaining as possible um, for them at home, you know, through our social media channels, through the, the broadcast, um, just getting creative. I know we're super eager even to get back in the community and do our regular stuff that we would normally do, you know, visiting kids and uh, helping out with minor sports teams and, and all that stuff, which we haven't really been able to do over the last year. So um, really just optimistic about, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, seeing all the, the teams and, and leagues playing with fans in the building. Uh, we're just excited to get back to that. And our team that our coach has put together for this year is really strong. Uh, we have three really young, good, up-and-coming American players. So we're we're hoping this is our year for the championship. Um, it wouldn't be the same if we didn't have fans in the building. So as much as I want to win this year, I would rather do it with fans in the building. But uh, we'll see what August brings when when we're in those final games. And, and hopefully we can have fans there. I think it'll be, you know, the atmosphere is already so great. But I think with people so eager to get back to sports and entertainment, it's just going to make things all the better. So, yeah, just looking forward to not only us getting back, but but all sports in Niagara. Absolutely. But such, I mean, such a vital part of, uh, of any community. But uh, uh, the teams that the three of you represent here today are, uh, you know, spectacular for the region. And uh, Dolores, I think it's been a, a great uh you know, 50 minutes finding out how these guys have uh, got through the last year and, and, and where we're heading. Holy smoke, so exciting. And uh, you, you know what? It just gives us something to look forward to. And, and we all need that so much right now. So so thanks to all three of you. Fantastic. Thank I'm you. I'm excited about it. <laughs> it's our, our pleasure. Thank you very much. And, and again, just thrilled to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having this. It was a good conversation. Yeah, our, our pleasure. Now, now, Scott, I think we're going to take a break next week. We're going to yep. take a, yep. a week off and then we'll be back uh, for a few weeks before our uh, before we wrap up the season and go on our summer hiatus where we're going to go watch 
some real good sports here in uh, here in Niagara. So to all of our listeners, tell us what you're talking about because we want to talk about it too. Thanks so much for tuning in and have yourselves a wonderful day. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everyone.